this is Autumn Miles with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you doing out there today? I'm talking with a smile on my face. I'm loving this week that we are doing uh, Pastors Uncensored. Um, yesterday, we had a, a pastor, Miles City Church. His name is Travis Whitaker. He joined us from uh, Detroit and talked about just the different challenges that he saw in his church. And I'm just going to tell you, we, we're interviewing um, five, uh, six different pastors uh, this week, all with different perspectives, all in different parts of the country. Our um, pastor today comes from uh, Harlem, and you know I, I am so excited just to get to him. But it's I, I love the fact that we can um, in in a platform like this talk to pastors literally all across the country um, that are that are dealing with unique issues to their area, but also very common issues um, to the church as a whole. Uh, we're going to get to our uh, amazing pastor here in a second. I want you guys, if you missed the show yesterday, to tune into our podcast. Um, you know, these shows are uploaded every day. I love to listen to podcasts. I um, I have a couple that I do not miss every week, whether it's a church. You know, I got my favorite and my favorites that I listen to and they really encourage me through the week. If you missed yesterday's show, um, you know, I, I encourage you to 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 listen to our podcast. It'll be about 25 minutes long and um, and hopefully it'll be worth your while. Uh, we are so excited that you're joining us. I want to just once again, I'm going to do this every single day this week. I want to take a minute to honor our pastors in um, not just our country, in the world. Um, these these pastors, reverends, bishops, whatever whatever church you go to, um, these men and women um, really are are sacrificial um, in their service to us because of their service to the Lord. And it is such a beautiful thing um, and really privileged to get to talk to these uh, men and women uh, this week. I, I, I pray that you take what they say and you listen and you apply, if needed, what they say in your personal life. Um, I, I was talking to my production team this morning as we were sort of going over the notes and the guest uh, for uh, this week. And um, one of the things that I was telling uh, one of one of the gals that works for me is, is, you know, now is the time for the church. Now is the time. There is so much um, almost animosity against the church and the non-church and pastors and whatever. And, you know, this issue, there's so much um, that is pulling us apart. Now is time uh, is the time for the church to sort of unite, come together. I, I talked about this a few weeks ago, be the salt and the light that God has called us to be in love. Um, you know, not banging people over with uh, the Bible and, and um, in, in, uh, uh, a way that would misrepresent Jesus, but sharing the benefit of the gospel, Jesus, and a relationship with him, and also um, um, to be a part of a bigger community, which is the church. So um, I just want to take a minute to honor uh, those pastors out there that uh, daily go into the office and are faced with um, uh, the issues of, of evil in our world today. Um, we're going to talk today to, uh, his name is uh, Laban Reeves. He is the executive pastor of New Horizon Church in Harlem, and um, I'm so excited to have him on the show today. Welcome to the show, Laban. How are you? I am doing great, Autumn. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you so much that, you, you know, it's so exciting that you guys are honoring pastors. And, and you know, I, I, I must say that it's a very high calling. But, mm. but the, the great thing about it all is that we don't do it alone. We yeah. have Jesus Christ. 
you know, and so, 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 so God does the work and he uses us as the vessels. Isn't that a beautiful thing too? I, sometimes I just stop and I think, wow, you use us, Lord. I don't even know why, <laughs> but you do, you know, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are talking to you today. I want, um, you know, you have so many good things to say. I want to get right to it. But I do want just a short sort of background of how you came to be the executive pastor at New Horizon Church. Uh, yeah, so it, it's so funny, Autumn, because growing up uh, and, and in, much, in much of my young adult life, you know, there was two things in this world I never wanted to be. The first was a preacher, and the second was a pastor. And I would, you know, I would, I would, you know, uh, attend church. About ten years ago, I started to take my relationship with Christ uh, very seriously. Uh, I came to Christ as a young, uh, uh, a teenager. Uh, it was seventh grade, and, and that's when I first committed my heart to the Lord. You know, but th- during that stage of my life and the church that we were in at the time, you know, there was no real process of discipleship. And so I kind of just stumbled through my way through for many, many years, almost 14 years, I stumbled my way through life as, mm. a, as, a, as a baby believer. Uh, but around the time I was about 27 years old, around 10 years ago, um, I actually attended a church service, and uh, you know, I said, you know what, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. I'm going to give up trying to do for myself, because what I'm doing isn't working out. Mm. Uh, Within months before that, you know, I was actually in the recording industry. Um, you know, I had a couple of uh, records with uh, some mega artists, and you know, I was making pretty good money. You know, just being out in the music industry, and I, I knew that within me, God had a calling, hmm. um, and 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 music was part of that calling. But I was trying so desperately to make things happen, and I was chasing money, and I was chasing fame. And unfortunately, well, I won't say unfortunately, fortunately, it felt unfortunate Mm. at the time, but fortunately God said enough, Mm. and he literally took everything away from me. And within within a few short months uh, after moving to New York to further my career, uh, I actually ended up homeless, you know, wow. and and without a, without without any work, and it, you know, I was I was a record producer, so I was I was selling music to different artists, and you know, at that time, you know, I was at the height of my career. I was meeting with heads of labels, and nobody would purchase a thing for me, wow, or from me, and and you know, God just 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 slowly but surely just stripped it all away, and in that moment, I said, okay, God, I, I hear you, I'm done. Wow. Do with me what you want to do with me. Mm. And so, you know, at that point in time, that's when I really started to immerse myself in the church. Um, and uh, within a year uh, after uh, meeting Reverend Faulkner, who uh, was my pastor, uh, he, you know, had sent the calling to uh, plant a church in Harlem. And mm. he asked me to go, and I prayed about it, and God said, go. And so mm. I followed him, and we, we planted a church in Harlem. <laughs> Uh, and, and that was 10 years ago, and just through, the, through, through this journey, it's been an incredible journey of you know, having a church plant uh, in such a metropolis mm. um, and, and right on the front of urban uh, ministry. And, mm. you know, about six years into that journey, um, uh, you know, God started to call me into being a pastor. <laughs> and I resisted. I continued to resist, you know, but, but eventually God, God was able to, to soften my heart, and, 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 I, and I took it on head first. And uh, within the last uh, few months, uh, April, actually, um, you know, I had been, you know, kind of doing the pastor thing as, as a part-time role here at the church, and uh, I was working uh, full-time as you know, a youth development specialist uh, with a community-based organization. Uh, we did a lot of leadership through the arts, and I was 
um, a program manager there, so I was actually uh, working and designing programs for youth in, in over 50 schools throughout New York City, primarily in the Bronx. Wow. And in April, <laughs> you know, God, 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 you know, tugged at my heart and said, will you trust me? You know, and I was in, you know, in a worship, you know, having, you know, worship time with the Lord. And, you know, I was like, yes, God, anything you want, you know, <laughs> you know, when you get in that moment and you just kind of, yeah. you know, God, do anything with me. And God yeah. said, okay, leave your job and trust Boom. me. <laughs> and, 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 you know, Autumn, I must say, as scary as it was, I know the God who, who, who is the God of my life. Yeah. And, you know, everything wasn't, you know, planned out and, you know, in terms of what was next, but I knew what he was calling me to do in that moment. You know, and he said, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And, mm. and, and sure enough, you know, since April, that's all, that's all I've been doing is mm. <laughs> fishing for men. That's amazing. You know, I love your story. And as I was kind of uh, looking over uh, at really everything that you just said, um, you had worked very closely with Reverend Faulkner, and he's been on our show a couple times. Love him as a guest. Very, very powerful voice. Um, um, but you had you'd worked really closely with him. And then just recently, you really felt like God said, leave everything and come to be the executive pastor. So were you uh, sort of in lay leadership at the church? Well, yeah, I, I was. I actually became pastor uh, about two years ago. Okay. Um, you know, but but my my the time that I was able actually able to spend at the church was very minimal because I was still working a full time job. Right. Uh, you know, and we're still a, you know, a small church, and so just in terms of uh, the support through the church is only you know is very minimal. Right. Um, and you know, so I was I was planning in my mind, you know, that there would be a point in time where everything would work out, you know, perfectly, and and I'd be able to make the transition to full time ministry. I actually sensed the call to full time ministry about a year ago. Okay. You know, and and, and have been praying about that, and um, you know, but. April was a little sooner than I was expecting. Right. <laughs> but when God calls, we have to we have to follow. And one of the things I just wanted to uh, point out, and I think this is so important, uh, is that um, you sort of left comfort. Um, you know, you're you you've had this you had this job for for uh, a while. I believe you were um, teaching, um, doing some educational leadership. Um, you you had this job, and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, abandon the comfort for exactly what I am calling you. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely, and I believe that 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 is one of the greatest, uh, most exciting parts of the journey uh, that we have as believers. You know, part mm-hmm. of our mission statement here at New Horizon Churches is to present our community with the challenge and adventure of receiving Christ and, and demonstrating His transformative love. And 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 this life is such an adventure, and it is challenging because God calls us to things that are uncomfortable all the time. Right. You know, I always I always like to say, you know. If if you can do it on your own, you don't need God. That's though. right. Yeah. If you can, if you feel that like you can go out there and do it, you don't. You don't need God. So God, God, really does he has I have I ever seen him call me to anything that I could do on my own? <laughs> right. Usually when he calls me, it's always to something that is beyond yeah. what I can do because I have to rely and trust with everything that I have on him to get it done. Right. 
Yeah. And when you sort of leave comfort and abandon that lifestyle, I think, I don't think, I've done this myself. You know, my husband and I have quit. <laughs> We've had kids, mortgage, the whole thing. And God has said, "Your this season of your life is over. We've stopped all source of income and trusted him. And people sort of think that that is a, um, uh, practically to the world, to the people that don't understand um, a, a relationship, what a relationship with Christ is like. They look at that as reckless as impractical, as irresponsible. But honestly, if you have that relationship with Christ, it is the safest place that you can be to abandon all for exactly what he's calling, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's how I feel. I, I mean, I, I've never felt better in my life, in my mm. entire life, through all I've been through, you know, having worked with some of some of my, you know, my favorite artists, right. you know, um, and, and just going to places that, that, that I literally dreamed of going. I've, right. I've had the, the, the opportunity to walk in and mm. do all of it. This season of my life is, it has been the most fun, the most exciting, you know, and the, and the, and the season where I'm, I'm most anticipating what God is going to do. And I am so I can hear it in your voice. I can hear it. You know, uh, I know I know the names of the artists that you've worked with. So they are pretty mega artists. And, you know, I feel like the, the even in the church world sort of glamorizes, you know, if I just get to this level, if I can get to this level um, at times, it's really not about what the world has to offer. It's about walking in obedience with them. And, and none of those platforms or none of those things satisfy like the calling of Christ on our lives. I can hear it in your voice, Lave, and I love it. Um, let me let me let me transition here just a minute. What would you say, you know, looking here in Harlem, you know, I know you have an awesome opportunity for um for just ministry there, being the hands of feet in Christ um there in Harlem. What would you say is the biggest threat there um to the church uh that you guys see on a regular basis? I think for us here, uh, here in Harlem, but I would also say the church in America. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I might even say worldwide, I'm not 100% sure because I haven't been out of the country in a while, but definitely here in Harlem and here in America, one of the greatest threats that we face right now is information overload. Mm. I mean, we are in the technology age, and we literally, you know, you know have... The, the, the world in the palm of our hand and our smartphones. Right. You know, we can access almost anything in the world that we want just through, through just through, you know, just speaking into our phone now. Mm. You know, and so and it's so incredible and so amazing and exciting, you know, and it's an, ex- an exciting time for us, but it's also a very dangerous time because with that, with all of that power comes a lot of responsibility. And, mm. and, and, and I don't really have to say it, but when you look at social media and Facebook and, and Snapchat and all of these, these, these different platforms, you know, we are bombarded, mm-hmm. bombarded every day with what the world has to say about everything, mm-hmm. about everything, mm-hmm. you know, from, 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 from same-sex marriage to politics to, to, to even religion mm-hmm. <laughs> and Christianity. You know, right. and so many times I go online and I see, you know, people, you know, they, they, they quote scriptures, that, but, no, but they take, you know, the scriptures so far out of context. And, I mean, and it's just so crazy because it's just literally information overload. You know, back in the day um, uh, when, 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 when we were growing up, you know, we would we would watch TV. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, media was media was always present. We would watch TV and listen to the to the radio. And but there were only a select few people who really had those opportunities of being part of the media. You know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of had to work your way up in radio, or you had to work your way up in you know to be a newscaster, or you had to work your way up to become an artist. But you know, with 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 the with the age that we're in now, 
anybody can have a platform. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so, and, 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 and it's so crazy because everybody is, is out there and everybody's, you know, everybody has their own gospel, so to speak. And, you know, so everybody, you know, is, is, is just saying whatever, whenever, however, whomever. Mm-hmm. And, and and so, how does this pose a problem to the church um, that that you see? Um, how how does this pose a problem? So the greatest problem that we face is that people are so distracted. Nice. You know, and yes. so when they come, to, you know, when, you know, people come to the church, you know, they they come with all of the ideals right. that they have. And and I think the greatest problem that we face is is really trying to sift through and and help them to 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 see what the truth is, what the truth as the Bible says it is, you know, versus you know the things that they heard or you know there's you know there's many times that you know we run into a lot of people who have a religious upbringing that is that has a hint of Christianity but not. The, the, the truth and the power of the Word and the power of living and walking in life with Jesus Christ. And so they come with, in with a lot of ideals, and, you know, it's just, it's just kind of sifting and sorting through those things and helping them to see what God's truth really is. Uh, I love that. You know, there, there is a lot of distraction, and I think, you know, as a pastor, um, this is such a great perspective. Um, you know, when, all of this distraction you see on Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, and it just makes your job that much harder. <laughs> Uh, to sort of explain this is truth. I think people, especially in a day where you can click on any article and, and people just believe it as fact, they don't do a lot of research because it's right in front of them. So it much best be true. Um, you know, that that has sort of um, I wouldn't I don't want to say watered down, but um, because the gospel, you can't water that down. It is the most powerful thing in, in the world. But uh, the idea of the gospel is just sort of another idea. It's not the way it's a way, you know, um, and uh, so I, I definitely see your problem on Sunday morning, but also, wouldn't you also say that Christians are just distracted on a daily basis and it sort of keeps them from the evangelism and discipleship because of these social media outlets? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I I wouldn't even say because of social media. I think social media has really only made it worse. You yes. know, because I, I think for many years we've been so distracted because, you know, of, of some of the things that you were saying earlier. You know, when, when you were introducing, uh, when you began the show, you said something that was so critically important for the audience that's listening today. You said, don't just listen to what these pastors are saying this week, but apply it. Yes. And, 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 and the, 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 the problem with the distractions of, of social media and everything else that's out there is that it keeps us from applying what we got on Sunday. So, right. so many Christians are just, are just going to church, and they're, they're living from Sunday to Sunday. You know, and maybe they'll be servicing, but it's just, it's just a time of rejuvenation, not understanding that, you know, the, 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 the early church, they went to be taught and instructed by the disciples. And so they, were, they gave themselves to the disciples' teaching so that they can go out and be useful to God. Yes, we as pastors are vessels, but every believer is a vessel, and God wants to use every believer as a vessel. And so, so when we take the message in on Sunday, what our role is as believers is to go out on Monday and act on the truth that we mm-hmm. heard. Yeah. Not just hear it to feel better and to better myself. And that's, you know, that's in the Bible. Don't just be hearers of the word, but doers also. Okay, you have, you have to go out and do it. Let's talk about that just for a second, because, um, you know, 
we we want this these shows this week this grouping of shows to present problems um, that uh, threats I guess to to Christianity to the church world and things like that. But we also want to um, offer solutions because yes, we see we see that there are problems, but this these are from this is from you, a pastor who sees it very firsthand. Um, act on what you hear. Okay, Um, I think sometimes we we come to church and we hear what the pastor says and it's good, but it's just another outlet of of um, information almost. Um, But we have we have to as churches, listeners out there, um, we have to grab hold, take notes of that, meditate on that. Th- apply it to your life. Sometimes I think we sit there and we think, oh, this is for somebody else this week. This is not for me. Well, no, God's word promises not to return to him void in your life. Mm. Okay. It's not just for your neighbors. It is for you as well. Grab hold of that truth. Let it Absolutely. penetrate your life, your mind, your body, your spirit, and then act on it. One of the things I thought was so interesting that you talked um, with my pre-production team about was um, this discipleship. You know, evangelism, of course, is the Great Commission, uh, but discipleship is there as well. Talk to me about the difference in discipleship, those eight years that you were sort of working uh, really close to with Re- Rev- Reverend Faulkner, but then once you became a pastor, how that's changed. Yeah, uh, Autumn. It, it, it you know, and that's it, discipleship is 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 right now the reason why I am so excited because, you know, I I've had the opportunity, uh, I get the opportunity now to sit with a handful of of men, hmm. men young and young and old, and really just go through the word and help them to apply it to their life, and and that's what that's what that's what discipleship is 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 learning to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So not just hearing the word, but okay, taking the word and sitting with somebody uh, who 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 is seasoned in the word, and then learning through the process of okay, okay, I accept the Christ. Now what? You know, mm-hmm. okay, how do you pray? And okay, and what are you? And, and and not just how do you pray, but what are you dealing with in, in your life in the current moment? Mm-hmm. And then okay, now how can we apply scripture to the challenges that you're having in your everyday life? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I must say, you know, the, the the scary part of it is is that for me, you know, in 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 the in the ten years previous to now. Previous to the season, you know, I can only say that I, I, I had my hand in, and I hate to say it, but I only had my hand in discipling maybe a handful of people. Mm. Maybe a handful of people. Mm. And it's scary, because yeah. that was me. Wow. <laughs> and I yeah. think about all of, the, all, of the, all, of the, all of the folks that come to our church and all of the folks that go to other churches. I, watch, you know, I was watching Christian, uh, a Christian channel the other day, and I was seeing, like, thousands of people, mm. thousands of people. And I'm, I was just wondering how many of these people are going through the same journey that I went through, where they stumbled for 14 years in their in their walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's not that, that that's never was the intention. And you're Jesus, you were an Jesus active member of disciples. You were you were an active <laughs> member of your church, right? It, you, I mean, it's not like you were you, you know you just didn't show up on Sunday. Those years that you just uh, 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 discipled a handful of people, you were you were pretty active, wouldn't you? Would, Absolutely, would you say, I, yes. was, I was. I was when I when I surrendered my life fully to the Lord. I was at the church, you know, during that that initial season, every time the church was open. Mm. There were times where they had 24-hour prayer, and I was there all 24 hours. 
There were times, wow. you know, midweek Bible study. I would go to Bible study twice in the same day because because I I didn't have any work and yeah. I didn't have anything better to do with my time. And God had gripped my heart, and so I was there all of the time. And and I just kind of you know through the church plan, I just kind of continued that that pattern. So so I had given myself in terms of of my time to the church, but still still mm-hmm. withholding a part of me. That, that that was uncomfortable, that was outside of my comfort zone, which said, okay, now go up to that person who just just accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior and, and, and meet with them for coffee mm-hmm. or, you know, call them up on the phone because we're a lot of times we're afraid. You're right. You know, we're afraid of all of our insecurities and, you know, and you know they're just going to think I'm this type of a person and, you know, nobody wants to be that Bible-thumping Christian, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, so we, you know, we allow for our insecurities to prevent us from being disciplers and, mm-hmm. and, and walking with somebody else. And so that, that was me. Yeah, that was me. That was That's, me. That is, it's such a good perspective that I think that's so weighty. I feel like, uh, we, I think, I feel like people are going to think of some of the things that we're discussing as something that they've heard before, but do you do it? Do you act on it? Do you do it? Are you grabbing that girl who you see come on Sunday morning totally alone? You see her crying or whatever. Are you grabbing her and saying, let's get coffee? I'm a little bit further along maybe than than you are in your Christian walk. How can I serve you? How can I be the hands and feet of Christ? This is the Great Commission, people. It's not just up to our pastors. They our pastors are there to equip us to go into the the world world and to uh, evangelize and disciple. Of, uh, of course, they're there to do that too, but it is our responsibility. We can't just leave it all uh, to our pastors. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Laban Reeves, for being on our show today of New Horizon Church. You just, um, you, you offered some great truth. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I, I'm so excited. And, and, and just the, the last thing I'll say, Autumn, is, is, you know, God didn't call us just to kind of um, uh, receive and mm-hmm. just hold on to what 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 he he gives us. Mm-hmm. We grow as we give it away. Amen. We grow as we give it away. So as you get the word, give it away to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Take your understanding of the word and give it away, because that is where we grow. When we start to share uh, the gospel and share the truth and share our walk with others, we grow. Amen. Well, let's we got to leave it there. But thank you so much, uh, Pastor Reeves, and thank you for listening to the Autumn Mile Show.